You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey everybody, welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath, a drive time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. My name is Mark Cook. So glad that you've joined us on this Wednesday, May 12th. It is springtime in Florida. It's hot. It's hot in Florida right now. It was like over 90 degrees the other day. So yeah. 95. Well, 95. Welcome to welcome to springtime in Florida, and uh, we're so glad you're with us. Uh, we are going to be reading a chapter of the Bible. We read it the morning uh, of. We also read it the night before, then we come down to the studios the next day. We read it on the air here at East Coast Christian Center, and we just talk about whatever God is breathing on. That's why it's called Morning Breath, and so uh, it's going to be exciting to get into Luke chapter 15 today. We do the show together. We never do it alone. It's always great to to do the Word together, which is why we're glad you're joining us. And here in the studio, I am with my favorite co-host, my wife, Angela Cook. How are you, Mama Ange? Good. Yeah? Yep. We're also with, uh, we're also with some other guy. Nicholas. Nick. Nicholas is over there. Hey Press, Pressing buttons, sliding, <laughs> sliding levers. Yeah. And doing all the things that make it work. So we're glad to be in the studio doing all this together. It's going to be a good time. We want you to be able to follow along with us. Can you give them a little information about yes, that? Yes, you can get on the East Coast app or go to eccc.us for more info, events, past sermons, and morning breath episodes. You can find East Coast Christian Center on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or call 321-452-1060, and we will email you or mail you with more information about East Coast. Yeah. We'll hook you up. If you need a guide, you can get one that way. All yeah. those are ways you can get a morning breath guide. We'll get so you, you know. hooked up. Oh, yeah. my gosh, tonight. Wednesday, May 12th. Yes. Is night of worship. Yep. And, and we're switching to just one service. Down to one service instead of yeah. two. Yep. 6.30 p.m. Get here and come early, and there's food trucks in the parking lot, so come get you something good to eat. Yeah, from those food trucks are available vendor. to buy dinner. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're usually pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, there's and we always. I never there's know who's going to be. There's always barbecue. Yeah, barbecue is usually pretty consistent, I mean, a, and then sometimes you get all kinds of. There's some good. I've had some really good food at these food trucks. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I've and, had a mahi bowl that I could go for it right now. Yeah, you just hang out, and then you get to hang out in the parking lot and and just uh, be around people who who love. We you like to loiter together. in parking lots. <laughs> like to loiter and eat in parking lots. That's what we do uh, for the glory of God. So uh, <laughs> and then we'll go in and do some worship. So it'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you uh, come down here tonight and uh, and join us. And just worship the Lord together. Night of worship is where we all, all our campuses gather together in one building and, and uh, just have an extended worship set and really just uh, enjoy being in the presence of God together. And so make sure you do that. We are in Luke chapter 15. So we've got uh, 31, 32. no, 32, my mistake, 32 verses um, to cover today. And almost all of it is Jesus talking. So that's good. A lot, lots of red yes. on these pages of my Bible. I'm in the New King James Version. What are you in? I'm in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which does not have red letters, which is a bit disappointing, but <laughs> that just dawned on me. But if you read well, you can tell it's Jesus yes. speaking. So, All right. So yeah. uh, if we break it, uh, I think like right after verse 16 yep. uh, is a good break. Do you want to go first? I sure will. I'll read through 16. Yep. And you'll pick it up at 17. I'll pick it up at 17. Sounds great. Okay. Luke chapter 15. I say unto you, read, ma'am. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be many more joy 
in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. Or that woman who has 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her women friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. He also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate and foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him to the field to feed his pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the carob pods the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any. Verse 17 in the New King James, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make Mary and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. Powerful stuff in this in this in these parables. So uh, making Mary just means <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't get it. What's so funny about Nothing, that? Nothing. It's just oh. the way it reads. Make oh. Mary. We made we made Mary. You didn't give me anything to make Mary <laughs> to celebrate. Yes. I didn't get to make Mary with my friends. <laughs> A little old school verbiage and uh, real old school uh, wording, if you will. Um, so there's a lot of places we could go here. Uh, yes. What jumps out at you? Um, why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just, just some basic things uh, right up front. I, I just love um, that Jesus is around the religious people. It says that uh, the scribes and Pharisees were there. Um, the tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear him. They wanted to hear what he had to say, and they had a very different attitude. The tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear what Jesus had to say because he had a different message than what they typically had heard. And they wanted to know, what does this mean? And, and there's actually, there's, a, there's good news coming from this man's mouth. And you notice the difference between them and the Pharisees and the scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes would follow him around always waiting to some, for something to trap him in. They're always waiting for him to say something that would make them mad so they could try to, try to accuse him from something. And so they were either always trying to accuse him or they were complaining about the things that he said. But the tax collectors and sinners... 
gathered around because they were eager to hear his message because it, it meant something different for them. I just think when we draw near to Jesus, what's our attitude? Are we coming because we want to receive grace, or are we coming out of religion? Um, because you're going to hear you're going to hear different things. If you're coming to Jesus out of religion, you're going to misunderstand what he says. You're going to be frustrated, and you're always going to be looking for what the rule is that you need to follow. But when you come to Jesus just looking for grace, then you get to understand and meet the heart of the Father. Yeah, and it, it, that kind of ties into what I what jumped out to me. I know that upon starting to read this, our first reaction is to go to how important it is that people get saved. Because, I mean, the bottom line is we can hang around all our church buddies all the time, but everyone's saved. Yeah. Like, and that's great. Like, you want to surround yourself with friendships of people who are like-minded and who believe the way you do. But there's that idea that we have to walk away sometimes from the 99, quote-unquote, for the one. And our church, we have that. That is part of our our vision here at our church is to to go after the one and to be praying for the one. And we've been doing that all year. We've been writing names on the stage to say, here are some, here's my one that I am praying for. So that this, this um, chapter definitely want, turns our attention to how important that is. But what you just mentioned about drawing close to the, to Jesus um, tied into something that God just spoke to me. And he has been about you know, in other ways over the last few weeks. And then someone else said this phrase yesterday, orphan spirit. Mm. And um, something that I, in the parable of the lost son, um, the orphan spirit jumped out at me. A lot of times we read the story about the the son who took his inheritance and took off and squandered it all. And we're like, oh, that guy had such a rebellious spirit. But did he really have a rebellious spirit or did he have a an orphan spirit. And what I saw here is both of these sons had an orphan spirit. They had the orphan spirit in the sense that they didn't believe that their father was going to take care of them. Mm. The first son was like, give me everything. I'm going to go blow it. And now he's saying, I am not worthy to be called your son anymore. I need forgiveness. The other son is saying, you you didn't even bother to give that to me. You gave that to my squandering assets brother. (laughs) 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 Um, You gave that to him, and now you didn't even give that to me to make Mary. And what the heck, Dad? Like, I've done everything. I've done it all. So you have the religious – you have the person who's coming from a religious standpoint. I do it all for you. And you have the son who's coming from that spirit of of, of being lost and saying, oh, I'm not worthy. And so you see these this orphan spirit happening. The dad isn't clearly going to take care of me because I'm not worthy. The dad didn't take care of me. There's not enough left because my other brother got it, and why did he deserve it? And so how they both were believing the lies of the enemy. Mm, that's good. They're both believing the lies of the enemy. The one was believing that he was no longer worthy, and the other was believing that the dad didn't have enough, that Jesus, that God is not enough. Yeah, because this is obviously, and is this is a parable of, the Father and how he relates to us. Yes, and that in that verse, on in verse 31, he says, son, to the son who was like, why didn't you give that to me ever? I've done everything. The one that had kind of a religious spirit. Yeah. Um, this, the father says, but son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Like, you don't have to do it. You didn't have to do anything. It's what I do. I gave you everything. You Everything I have is yours. Yeah. And so... I just I saw that that stuck out, and I won't tell a lie. Um, I listened to a message by a, a pastor a few weeks ago, and he brought my attention to that verse mm. and looking at it differently. Um, that 
the father was saying, you already have everything. Yes. Everything I have is yours. I'm not, I'm not waiting for you to do anything. I have it right here for you. So it, to me, the way the father interacted with both sons dismantled the orphan spirit. Amen. That's good. And I, I thought I was thinking the same, I was thinking along the same lines, not necessarily in the same words that you used, but I saw the same thing um, because, because of what the older son said. He says, I never transgressed your commandment at any time. The younger son says was that. that. The, is that the younger son? Yeah. Um, either way. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's the older yeah, son. It's the older My bad, one. my was, bad. Because he was still in the it's field. so like the older son to say something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I do everything right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never transgressed your commandment at any time. I have followed all the rules. I have done all the things. I have kept every uh, uh, every religious ordinance perfectly. I have I have earned it. I've served faithfully. I've been to church every Sunday for 50 years. I've I've done all these things, and you and you can you can pull out this list of things. Mm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that you've done. Yep. And the father says it's that's got nothing to do with it. What yep. did he say to him in verse thirty-one? He said, "Son, your your inheritance is based on your sonship. Yeah, it is not based on what you've done." And that's what the father was trying to get the son to understand. This son was saying, "I have earned all of this," and the father's saying, "It's yours because you're my son." Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. why quenching that orphan, that. quenching that orphan that. spirit that chokes me up when I look at that because that's how the father sees us, and we spend so much time trying to trying to work through this thing that we have in us that calls for us to earn it, and it's because of the world we live in. It's because of the the religion that we often learn. Everything demands that we earn it, that we earn it, that we strive, that we that we do everything right. And so when we fall short, we know we don't deserve it. Or if we feel like we haven't fallen short, then we're incensed that we don't have what we think we deserve. And the Father is saying, it's not based on that at all. That's got nothing to do with it. You have everything because you're my son, you're my daughter. And if we could just adjust our thinking to have that perspective of sonship. I know last time I was on last week with Pastor Dan, we ended up talking about sonship, but it's mm. a recurring theme. It keeps coming up because the Father wants us to understand that He is the Father. And if He's the Father, then we are His children and everything He has is ours. Yeah, absolutely. So um, important. This whole, this, the whole passage um, brought me back to Psalm 103. And for some reason, Psalm 103 came to me while I was reading about the son who was like, I'm not worthy. Mm. And then the other son saying, I've done all the right things. Why not? And that idea that their focus was off, their focus was on the wrong thing. And Psalm 103, starting in verse 8, I feel like this these next few verses in Psalm 103 address both of these sons and the truth that they needed to be believing versus the lies they were believing. I am not worthy and you have I am you're not giving me enough. Um Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve mm. or repaid us according to our offenses. That that father didn't he did not he did not deal with the son's sin as Amen. the first son thought he deserved. So you see that stinking thinking. Yeah. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows what we are made of. And then jumping down to verse 17, 
But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him, of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. So there's truth to us observing God's precepts, but that son got caught up in looking at how often do we look caught up? We get caught up in, look what I've done, look what I've done. And not even from a place of like ego, just from God, I've been following your precepts. Why are these things not working out for me? Mm. I'm not even kidding. We just dropped our one of our vehicles off at the service dealership, and I was getting walking up to the service desk, and I'm not kidding. A guy was getting out of a car, and he was so mad. He goes, I don't know what's going on, but God clearly hates me, and Jesus clearly hates me, so you know what? I hate them. And he lifted up his middle finger to the sky. Mm. I literally just saw this happen. I can't help but think this guy does not truly understand how much God truly loves him. But he's looking, He and I'm, I'm speculating now, but I guarantee he's looking at the circumstances of his life and going, why is this not working out for me? I look around and things seem to be working out for everybody else. Why are they not working out for me? Mm. That's initially what that son was saying. Yeah. Because he was looking too much at his circumstances and not focusing and looking at himself and not realizing that God is pleased with him. God says, I am faithful toward you. You keep my covenant. You keep my precepts. I want to bless you. I'm right here waiting to do that. Everything I have is yours. Well, and and just to just to clarify that too, you know, Psalm 103 contains incredible truth of God's grace and His mercy, Um, and it's also written a little bit from an old covenant, right? It's written as part of the Old Testament, and so it does talk about keeping commands. And our we're in the new covenant. And so we get the promises without all the rules. Right. Right. So like the commands, the law of God now is written on our hearts. The law of God now is written uh, on our hearts. It's not written on tablets of stone. And so the way that we're called to live is spirit-directed living, and our inheritance is not contingent on whether we mess it up. Right. And that's what's so good about that. Like, yes, our, our goal is to live righteously. Our goal is to live out the righteousness that has been given to us as a gift. And therefore, we're going to have a life that looks different from somebody who's not doing that. But even if we mess that up, God is not, our our inheritance is not contingent on that. Why? Because our inheritance is contingent on what Jesus has done. Exactly. Our inheritance is not contingent on what we have done. And so when it, it just kind of a, a something that I do when I read the Old Testament and I see where uh, it, it appears that maybe a promise or a blessing is contingent on a commandment, I say, thank you, Jesus, that you kept that perfectly. Right. Thank you, Jesus, that you kept that commandment perfectly, that you are the perfect keeper of the covenant, and because of that, I get to receive these blessings. All of these blessings are mine because I'm credited with his righteousness. And I think that's what we have to remember. See, that's, that's why we get religious. We get religious when we don't understand that we have already been judged righteous. The man who fully understands that he is righteous in the sight of God apart from his works is someone who's free. Um, but when we are always thinking in the back of our mind, we can have maybe an, even an intellectual, you know, mental understanding. Yes, Jesus made me righteous, but I still need to do these things. That does not qualify or disqualify you. Your qualification or your disqualification before God is based solely on the finished work of Jesus. And so any place where you've fallen short, because we all have, has already been paid for. That debt has already been covered. There's no debt left. And so your striving to live righteously should be done from just following the Holy Spirit, not from trying to earn a place before the Father, because the Father says, look, you are my, you are my son. 
you are my daughter, my firstborn son, Jesus, my only begotten one, he already fulfilled all the demands and all the commandments. There's nothing left to fulfill. There's just to believe. Absolutely. There's just to believe. And I think that's what, just believe. Yeah. It trips people up. Well, it makes a lot of sense then why heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous. Yeah. But let's look at the 99 righteous. Are we, when we know we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, when we believe that, when we've truly accepted that, are we walking that out and living that so that the one sees the difference in the righteousness of Christ in us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's there should are be we walking around righteous or are we walking around as the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus? Yeah, which should bring humility. Exactly. Not pride. Yeah, and yeah. so there's that idea that of course heaven's going to rejoice. Heaven is going to make merry. Yeah. And celebrate <laughs> when one another per, just that next person, that one more person grasps onto that truth. I mean, don't you remember when you grasped onto that truth? Oh, it's life changing. I mean, don't you remember living for years thinking that you had to serve, you had to live to be righteous, you had to do all these things to be righteous, and then that day when you got smacked in the face with the understanding that it's a gift. Yes, and that <laughs> everything I have is your son. Yeah. This righteousness that is in me and of me, it is yours for the taking. And when you got smacked in the face, I know when I did, it was like, and again, we fight. You still have to fight through. Keep your mind there. Just like these sons. I've been struggling with an orphan spirit. Sure. Personally, I have been struggling with that orphan spirit um, for many reasons, but it's because I believe in the lies of the enemy over the truth of God's word, the truth that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and quick in love. Like the fact that he wants to bless me, it's right. He doesn't even want to bless me. He has blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Yeah. You know, like it's already been done. I have to believe those things over because then I start falling into my own righteousness. Well, look at all these things I've done. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so just understanding what he says here, it says, it's that the heaven rejoices over the one who who repents. What does that mean? I mean, repentance means uh, a change of mind. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a change in how you understand God. It's a change in how you think about uh, how to relate to God. It's a change in understanding um, how God is relating to us. And that's kind of what you're describing is that when that moment that it dawns on you that righteousness is a gift and that we have the inheritance that Jesus has through his finished work, that change of mind, that that causes you to shift. Heaven rejoices when we get to when we're able to shift our thinking and go, wait a minute, this is all a free gift based on the finished work of Jesus. At that moment, there's rejoicing in heaven because that's where that repentance actually occurs. It's in that moment. Man, get out so the good. fattened calf. <laughs> get them out. We'll be right back after this break. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age, or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Yeah, just a few more thoughts before we go. I wanted, uh, Angela's going to clarify um, when she, because I think it's going to speak to a lot of people, when you've, you've talked about feeling like an orphan. Yeah. What, what do you mean? That orphan spirit. Um, Just not thinking that God, there's enough for me that I will not be taken care of. Mm. So you think about someone who is on their own all alone and there's no one there to take care of them. That's basically what an orphan is. Yeah. Same with a widow. There's, you know, they don't say the widow spirit, but sure. that idea that there's not enough and no one's going to be able to take care of me. Sure. And so that idea gets in your head and you start believing the lies that there isn't enough. Amen. That God isn't yeah. enough. Yeah. You and we know he is enough. Yeah. And so I think that's a good that's a good thing to clarify just because some of you might not have heard that phrase before. And so I just wanted to like just you feel orphaned. And it, and what you said right there was a key. That happens when we start believing a lie. Mm-hmm. And there's no condemnation in that because I'll tell you right now, sitting here as, you know, as a pastor, you know, like that means, you know, big things or whatever. It's just people people ascribe something to that. They right. think we have a lot of times people think the pastors have it all together. We're just people. 
And we deal with this kind of thing too. And it's just, you can, you can get your, allow yourself to believe a thought that the enemy begins to sow into your head, that you're not going to be cared for, that you're not going to have enough, that you aren't going to ever be able to really inherit it, that you really don't deserve it. Mm. And all of those things begin to get sown in there. And we have to go back to this word. We have to remember our repentance, our change of mind. Mm -hmm. And we have to see in the word that Jesus clearly communicated that the father loves us that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, and that everything that he has is ours. Amen. So, man, I just want to kill that orphan thought and just remember that you're a son, you're a daughter. You've received that You've received that spirit. That's the right. spirit of his son has come into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. So rejoice today. Make merry. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.